Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in and spending your time with us. Welcome to a new episode of Crave Arts Presents The Future of Film, featuring intimate interviews with the best emerging filmmakers from around the world. My name is Tom Oliva, and I am co-founder and executive director of Crave Arts and the All-American High School Film Festival, the premier destinations for emerging student filmmakers all over the world. Today, I am joined by festival alumni from 2015 to 2016, Leo Pfeiffer, to dig deep into what drives this emerging filmmaker. Throughout high school, Leo was a prolific submitter of top-tier content consistently producing a diverse array of stories focused on subjects and characters entrenched in highly personal but instantly universal conflicts. His films always earned high scores from our judges, regardless of genre, because he possessed an innate understanding of how to focus his lens on the little details that help illuminate a larger, more complex journey. Leo's work as a director and editor is deceptively and refreshingly simple. A closer look reveals a sharp sense for sharing the elements of film, symbols, lighting, angles, and edits, without losing sight of the marrow of the story, well-developed, compelling characters. His timely 2015 documentary, Clipped Wings, has garnered high praise and hundreds of thousands of views for its spotlight on the Boy Scouts' discrimination of gay members, and his 2015 drama, Stolen, explores the tragic collision of an elderly couple and a thief and the power of circumstance to reveal the complexities of motivation, grief, and revenge. Since moving on from All-American, Leo's talents have continued to thrive. He has continued to embrace a wide variety of genres, and he has continued to stay true to his personal style. In Leo's films, we are invited into the world of his subjects and his characters, walking in their shoes and seeing through their eyes, all en route to their awakening and our own transformative experience as viewers. I am thrilled to be joined by Leo Pfeiffer today. Hey, Leo, how are you? Hey, Tom, thanks for having me. That was such a nice introduction. Well, it's well-deserved, and I am super excited to catch up with you. It's been a while, and I have fond memories of you attending the festival, and I really enjoyed preparing for this podcast and revisiting your work and also uh, checking out some of your amazing new work that you've got going on. So super excited to talk. Let's just jump right into it. Um, tell me where you are right now. Yeah, I'm in Los Angeles right now. Oh, what are you doing in the lovely city of Los Angeles? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Uh, right now, I am transitioning and really, I mean, a very exciting transitional period in my life. So. I've been attending Chapman University for film production, but I've also been doing professional work in the industry. So uh, freelance editing, mostly branded documentaries, and also getting into directing that same kind of work. Uh, so I find myself you know, at the end of my time at Chapman and at the beginning of my time uh, getting really into that work in the industry. Wow. I'm, I'm thrilled. Uh, and, and I can tell how excited you are for these opportunities that are coming your way. So what brought you to Chapman um, and Los Angeles specifically? Yeah, definitely. So I graduated high school and I found myself working at a commercial production company in Seattle. And I had been lucky enough to go to Ballard High School, which had, uh, which has an amazing, amazing video production program and really 
what I learned there that was most important was this super laser focused teaching in storytelling and visual storytelling and the medium of film. So I took all those skills and started working at a commercial production company in Seattle. Uh, and that's where I was able to translate those skills into professional skills. So taking that core storytelling ability and really learning how to give it that edge that a professional director would need. So there were a number of directors that were repped by that company who uh, amazing, like really took me under their wing and taught me about their process and their approach and how they pitched on projects and how they worked on set. And I was able to grow so much as a filmmaker. So I worked there for a while, uh, editing projects, directing a couple of projects, uh, and really, really going through this huge period of growth. And I came to this place where I was like, okay, I have a few options in life. I can stay here, stay in Seattle, keep building this career, uh, keep doing that. Or I could move to Los Angeles and start to develop my career there and really take advantage of everything that Los Angeles has to offer over Seattle. And I realized that I, I really thought about my personal goals and what I wanted, not just as a filmmaker, but also as a person. So at that point, I made the decision to uh, go back to school. So I applied to Chapman University and was very luckily accepted for the film production program and um, enrolled there. But I continued to do professional freelance work while attending Chapman University. So it was a very interesting uh juggling act. And now I've been here for a few years in Los Angeles and uh, have been doing professional work and schoolwork. Uh, and I'm really ready to take, you know, some exciting big next steps in the industry. I, I'm, I'm incredibly impressed at, at what a brave and self-aware decision you made at such a young age. Um, and I, I'm really happy uh, that you're kind of getting into this uh, exploration of of why film school as opposed to why not, because that's, that's certainly mm -hmm. a question that uh, thousands of young filmmakers who are listening to this around the world uh, are are looking at right now. Um, and mm -hmm. you know what is the right path for them? And and you actually have taken both paths, uh, but you ended up mm -hmm. at film school. So can you tell me, uh, you know, why Chapman and and what it's actually like there as a student? And you're not telling me; you're telling you know, young people who are looking at these same decisions that you had to make? Yeah, that's a great question. And what I would say to young filmmakers, and I was, I was really grappling with this whole thought process while I was in high school, thinking about film school, thinking about going to college, thinking about not going to school at all, is it's a really personal choice for everyone. And for every single person, the answer of what you want to do uh, is different. So for me, I knew that I wanted to go to college. I wanted uh, to be able to expand my knowledge in that way because you have to know how to be a filmmaker, but you also have to have the breadth of knowledge to know what to make films about. You know, if you're just in this film world, that really limits you. You're an artist. You have to uh, have other passions and other interests. So I knew that not necessarily film school, but I wanted to go to college to have those experiences. I knew that I wanted to be surrounded by peers who were interested in filmmaking. And in turn, I wanted to have that as a community for us all to make projects together. Um, that's one of the best things about film school. And on the financial side, I was lucky enough to receive scholarships 
um, that made it possible without going into a lot of debt. So those all went into my personal choice for being somebody who wanted to go to film school. I would say what film school really allows you to do, um, and I'll talk through my experience at Chapman with that, is find your voice as an artist, which is a super, super abstract concept. But film school uh, is a series, really is a series of projects each year that become more elaborate and more complex and more sophisticated. And, uh, you know, at Chapman, for example, you start off with a series of visual storytelling projects your first year. Your second year, you do a three-minute film. Your third year, you do a 10-minute film. And your senior year, you do a thesis film. So you progress and do all these different kinds of projects. And I think that is really important in developing your voice as an artist because what it does is it gives you the chance to take risks and it gives you the chance to fail. So a philosophy that I've really sort of come around to in the last few years as a filmmaker is that the only thing worse than a bad film is an uninteresting film, meaning that you always need to take creative risks. You always need to try something new. And I think films that really succeed, their success is always a fine line away from failure. Um, so film school lets you make these projects where you don't have client pressure or a studio pressure to have to get it right. And what that does is let you experiment in all these different ways in the medium. So that's a really important part in developing as an artist. And I think that's a huge thing that film school can give you. That's yeah. And, and it's, it's really interesting to hear that perspective of it. And I, I love your willingness to embrace risk. I mean, if mm -hmm. you're not doing it now, you probably will never have that chance. And, and maybe there's, mm -hmm. maybe there's like a learning process for, for how to manage risk, um, properly. Um, I imagine also, uh, that your experience at school, you know, you mentioned the the peers and, and wanting to be around other people who are passionate about film. Do you feel like you are or have built a, a network that you're going to continue to work with for a long time because of school? Oh, my God, definitely. Um, that's the other big thing that film school is, is it's a shortcut to that network. So it's totally possible to build up that network without film school. Um, and there's a lot of opportunities, film festivals work your social groups like to build up that network but film school just lays it out for you and you get to meet the most amazing people that you'll ever have a chance to work with and you get to do projects with them and you get to explore filmmaking with them so um at film school i've met some of the most talented people i know and people who i'll be friends with for the rest of my life and people who i'll work with for the rest of my life i think it's best when your friends are your collaborators and your collaborators are your friends. So film school is one of the best opportunities to build up that network, but it's not the only way to build up that network. Sure. No, but it, and it's, it's, it's great to hear that you, you found this sort of second family uh, that you will continue mm -hmm. to work with. And I can imagine you working on these different projects each year and sort of identifying, well, this is the cinematographer that I prefer to work mm -hmm. with. We just, we just align, you know, with our vision. Um, do you have, uh, just for the sake of sort of sharing a little bit more about the, the college experience, uh, and it sounds like you've had a wonderful one, so congratulations. Um, <laughs> is there like a standout assignment or task that you are given that might sort of shed light on what folks can expect when they go to film school? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the two most significant 
things that I've done so far at Chapman um, are maybe not what you would think of right off the bat. What, uh, there's a class we took, and I took this my very first semester here called Visual Storytelling. And it was taught by this awesome teacher named Tom McLaughlin. And what that class was, uh, was you basically had to make a different film every single week. And as it intensified, you started to work in groups, but each person in the group would make a film every week and you would all help each other. So what that class taught me was, okay, I have seven days to make a film with all my other classes, all my other work, all, you know, everything else going on in my life. I have seven days to do this. And it really taught me how to trust my instincts as a filmmaker, because a lot of the times I would go out there without a script, I would have a rough story in my head, I would have the actors. And what that, what that class taught me was that the, those instinctual decisions you make are oftentimes the best decisions that you can make, because uh, you have this intuition as a filmmaker, and that's so often right. So, you know, that combines with other philosophies in filmmaking, I think it's important to really deeply plan everything you do so that you're able to experiment off of that plan while you're shooting. But that project and or that class and those really contained projects let me hone in on those super specific instinctual uh, skills. Uh, another really significant thing for me in film school was the uh, basically the junior thesis. So that was uh this incredible experience to do a 10 minute narrative film with a crew of like 20 to 30 people and i got to work with some of the most talented people at chapman on that project um and that was just this amazing sight of seeing oh my god all these people are coming together and helping me pull off this crazy crazy vision for the film and the scope of the film that I chose to do is so much bigger than what those movies are kind of typically supposed to be. Um, not that there's anything wrong with something with a smaller scope. Those are amazing stories, but we bit off so much more than I thought we could chew. And seeing it all come together and seeing us actually pull off that film was like such an amazing milestone to me as a filmmaker. So those have been some of my most like significant moments well, at Chapman. I appreciate you sharing it. Um, I am like all at once sort of terrified and jealous of like film school <laughs> and kind of want to go back and I can imagine the pressure of making a film a week. Uh, it's like heaven mm -hmm. and hell all at once wrapped in a nice yeah. little bundle. Uh, but uh, I, I think developing those instincts uh, is is probably invaluable. Um, mm -hmm. Can you give me the for this this epic junior year thesis project? Can you give me the elevator pitch for what it was about? Yeah, definitely. The film is called Bright Lights, and it's a film about three different people who aren't connected, literally, whose journeys are connected metaphorically, and it's about three people who want something outside of the confines of their normal life. So one of the characters is a janitor uh, at a ballet company who dreams of being a ballet dancer. And one day he works up the courage to, once everyone has left, walk up on stage and perform a routine. So it's about these three characters who slowly become interconnected as the film progresses. Wow. 
I am uh, certainly intrigued by the ballet dancing janitor. I did not expect <laughs> to hear that on this conversation. Uh, that's that's a tall task indeed. Um, so uh, let's circle back a little bit now, and I want to uh -huh. hear a little bit more um, about what you're working on outside of film school, because it, it sounds like you sort of have like at least somewhat an active career going. Um, what is what's the last project that you worked on um, independently, not commercially? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, outside of film school, I've been really developing myself as a commercial director and as a music video director, really learning those pitching skills, really learning those skills of like how to work with clients, um, because that's my career goal in the short term is to become a commercial director. Um, one day, once I've lived life a little more, I'd love to direct feature films like in my 30s. Um, but uh, my goal as of now is to become a commercial director. So with that, I used a lot of the connections that I'd made when I was working at the commercial production company in Seattle to start a career uh, freelance editing. So I've been editing a lot of uh, branded documentaries, commercial spots for uh, companies. And those are cool because it's using real people to tell the story of a brand. Um, the last big music video I did was... Uh, a really cool project uh, for this artist out of Seattle called Chong the Nomad. And the video is called Two Colors. Um, and it's really about this, it's it's really about opening yourself up to fall in love with someone through dance. Fascinating. How do you find these projects? Do they find you? Is there some sort of list that you're on? How does that work? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in terms of music videos, um, you sort of have to kickstart your own career in that. Um, and at the start, you're stuck in a bit of a catch-22 because nobody's going to give you a budget to make a music video if you don't have experience making a music video. And if you don't have experience making a music video, you're, you know, uh, you don't, you're not going to be able to get those budgets to make a music video. So uh, what I did was start out with one that I just paid for on my own and I did it on spec uh, and I sent it to the artist and her manager and uh, they really liked that. And then I used that video to reach out to other artists and start to get uh, music videos with small budgets for them. Um, and those are the kinds of projects that I've been working on. Now, my, my goal is to become a rep director. So working for a production company that will bring those projects to me and where I will be making the pitches for those projects. Um, but as of now, it's just a lot of outreach, a lot of Instagram DMs, a lot of emails, a lot of messaging record companies, messaging labels, messaging um, people who I want to work with and cultivating those relationships. Because ultimately, you know, you can have a cool website, you can have a cool reel, you can have nice business cards, but it's really your work and your relationships with people that lead to opportunities. So I'm in a stage in my career where I'm really focusing on cultivating uh, that work and those relationships with people. Yeah, it's it's great advice. Do you find that some of the work comes from this network that you've built at Chapman as well? Yeah, definitely. And that's a whole other side of it where you go to film school and, you know, I think the graduating class of the film program at Chapman is like 200 people each year. And those are all people you have a connection with through projects that you've done here. So 
what that means is that all those people are scattering out through the industry and all those people find really awesome success in whatever they do. And you're the people they went to film school with. You're that network that they have. You're those collaborators. So when somebody gets an opportunity to do something, they'll bring you in for it. Or when you get an opportunity to do something, you'll bring in your friends from film school for it. So I would say that network of, of, of folks from Chapman is sort of more of a, a long-term thing because a lot of people are really starting out their careers and people climb up the ladder super quickly. But um, that network at Chapman is something that will continue to build and lead to work and lead to collaboration my whole life. Yeah, it's uh, and 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 great because it, you've worked on this path uh, that you're on, and you've really thought about it, and you're now starting to realize a lot of the rewards that come from that. So it's great to hear mm -hmm. that 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 is all coming to fruition. You know, I, I'm getting this sense from you that you have an unwavering optimism for this industry, um, and. It's not what I would expect necessarily from a filmmaker, right? This is daunting stuff. This is challenging stuff. And yet you, mm -hmm. you're coming across and, and awesome, rightfully, like totally justified. I love it. But you're coming across as like, you got this. You're super positive. The work's going to come. I'm, I'm doing it my way. I'm learning how to take risks. I'm going with my instincts. It's mm -hmm. incredible. How do you balance these projects while being a full-time student? What is that process like for you? Uh, are you just, do you just not sleep? <laughs> That's a great question. And, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely a balance to keep up and there's, there have been all nighters and there have been really stressful weeks, but most of the time it, it really works out quite well. Um, you know, the workload in college when you're not doing big projects is even kind of less than high school sometimes, to be honest. And you're more flexible. You're not in school all day. So it's just about like good time management and good um, priorities for what you're doing. But it's not always easy, uh, but it's worth it to me. You know, it's really worth it. And I think to your bigger point about optimism for the industry and feeling like things will come like... Uh, that's my overall feeling towards it, but it's not always easy to feel that way. Filmmaking and being a filmmaker is about constant rejection and constant struggle and a project doesn't work or somebody doesn't get back to you or a film festival rejects you. I just got uh, a rejection about something this morning that was really sad to read, but you can't let those things define you as a filmmaker. Ultimately, it's about the work that you're doing and your creative development and you'll get so many no's throughout your career you'll get no after no after no and the thing about filmmaking is that when you finally get those yeses they really mean a lot and they're really big for you and they're so satisfying so i think that's why a lot of people um struggle in this industry that's why i struggle sometimes because there's so much rejection and there's it's I don't know if I agree with the word that it's a competitive industry because I think people are really supportive of each other, but it is competitive in the sense that there's so many people who want to do this and who are passionate about it. But um, ultimately what makes it worth it is when those yeses do come and projects happen and collaborations happen and creativity happens, um, that makes it worth it. 
The All-American High School Film Festival is brought to you in part by our friends at Blackmagic Design. Blackmagic Design has grown rapidly to become one of the world's leading innovators and manufacturers of creative video technology. For more information on its groundbreaking innovations for the feature film, post-production, and television broadcast industries, such as the latest updates for its DaVinci Resolve post-production software, Pocket Cinema Camera 6K, and Ursa Mini Pro 12K digital film cameras, please go to blackmagicdesign.com. Well, I think just, just speaking with you and, and seeing how you've matured and all of these experiences that you've had, um, I think you have a lot more of those yeses coming your way. Uh, I, 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 if I had a project coming up, you'd be at the top of my list just just based on your perspective and, and uh, <laughs> you. your ability to to sort of see the bigger picture. Um, I really commend that. And I think it's a great message to share with our entire community. So speaking mm -hmm. of yeses, uh, before our conversation today, you shared me with your uh, shared with me your latest project, um, which I found fascinating. It's a 20 minute short doc about a hip hop therapy program. Can you tell me a little bit about that project and how that came to be? Yeah, definitely. So uh, what you saw was like a, a picture locked version of the film, but it still has temp score, temp sound design. It's not colored yet. So we actually don't even have a final title yet. Um, the film is really, about vulnerability and it's about vulnerability in a place where you wouldn't expect to be able to find it and the way that hip-hop can break through the barriers that are put up around vulnerability so the film is the story of a hip-hop therapy program at a last chance high school in the bronx and it tells the story of a student there and a social worker there um, and it's this incredible program where um, there's so much violence and there's so much trauma uh, in these neighborhoods that a lot of times mental health care really struggles because if you grow up in a place like that, you're really kind of conditioned to not be able to open up emotionally. You just have to be and, tough, right? It's all exactly. about toughness or image and image exactly. of toughness. Yeah. And um, this social worker named JC has discovered that um, uh, well, in a, along with some research that's been done throughout the years and other amazing organizations that have been a part of this, have found hip-hop to be a way to break through these barriers. So he integrates hip-hop with one-on-one -on -one therapy, with group therapy, and it's this amazing feedback loop of people opening up through their hip-hop songs. Um, so that's what the film is about. It was made through Chapman. It was made through this program called Community Voices, where we got a grant to uh, be able to make the film happen. Uh, we shot it over the course of nine days in January in New York. And the first day we were there, it was 72. It was sunnier than it was when we left in LA. And the last day we were there, it was below freezing and it was pouring down snow. Um, and it's been a really, really exciting project to me. We were so lucky to get the access we did and have people um, really open up the way they did and um i'm interested in narrative filmmaking and commercial filmmaking but documentary filmmaking has a really special place uh in my heart because it's real people and they're real stories and when you can translate that to a story that lands with an audience there's something that is so powerful about that 
I think the, the, the film does an incredible job of exposing the humanity of uh, mm. a, a really at-risk population. Um, and I, I, I think the film has a lot of potential to help a lot of people too, because it, it does, it, it is about vulnerability. And I think mm-hmm. maybe through that film and what it's about and, and how hip hop is, is a part of the entire process, um, maybe you can reach some folks that otherwise might be unreachable. So um, I guess maybe my next question is now, now what do you do with it? Well, I mean, it's, I know it's not quite finished yet, but once it's complete and you have your title, um, what's next for a short doc like that for a young filmmaker like you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, for me, the focus is really getting it out there and getting it seen by people. Um, I think festivals are awesome, and the, we have a, a festival plan for it that we're working on. But for me, it's about finish finish a film like this that you're passionate about, and find a, find a partner in releasing it, and get it out there to as many people as possible for free on the internet, so that it can have an impact. So. There's a lot of different venues for that um, in this internet age we live in. And I think with documentaries in particular, there's a huge appetite uh, for distribution of them. So that's we're, we're talking with some different people about that. We're looking into some different options. There's a lot of potential for how do we release this and maximize the potential for the film's impact. But you know, beyond that, uh, the Student Academy Awards, uh, is something we'll be submitting to a number of festivals. Um, there's sort of the route of it of like, okay, where do we present it? Where it's like, okay, this is a work that I'm really proud of as a filmmaker. And then where are the places that we can exhibit it where it's like, here's where we put it out so that it can get as many eyeballs as possible and it can hopefully uh, have an impact on the world. Yeah, that's and that's a that's a another balancing act that uh, young artists have to face. Um, but I, I commend mm-hmm. you again on wanting first and foremost for it to be seen and for it to make the impact that it can. And I have no doubt that it will. I, I want to mm-hmm. go all the way back now. Um, <laughs> I want to go all the way back to the origin story oh, okay. of Leo Pfeiffer as a filmmaker. When did you first start making movies, and why? Yeah, that's that's even hard to answer because. The real answer is just kind of always. I've always had this weird force in my life that pulled me towards filmmaking. Um, my mom told me this story about when I was like three years old and I was in preschool and I used a wood block and pretended it was a camera and went around taking photos of everybody. That's great. Um, and, you know, since then, it was just something I was always drawn to. I think I was like nine years old and I begged for a camera for Christmas. and um thankfully my family uh, got me one and it's just it's been a huge interest of mine ever since then and i have no explaining it i have no one moment that says okay i saw this film and that's when i was interested in filmmaking or i saw this or i saw that it's just always been a force in my life and i would say it really solidified for me in high school um i went to ballard high school which had which has this amazing uh film program there and i was in this environment with with peers, with people to work with. Uh, and I was able to do these amazing, amazing projects um, with collaborators. So uh, in high school, I did this film. This is, this is the moment where filmmaking really became real to me. Um, I We were doing uh, like our documentary unit in that class. So everyone in the class was getting into groups of three and we were making documentaries and my friend 
pitched this idea about the Boy Scouts ban on gay members. And he had a friend who was almost kicked out of the organization when he went to uh, receive the rank of Eagle Scout. So we um, made this documentary uh, called Clipped Wings about the Boy Scouts ban on gay members. And it started off as a very small scope, but through just random chance, turned into a much bigger story while we were filming it. We were filming the story about Liam, who was uh, a gay scout who was almost kicked out. And literally the week we were filming that, a national news story broke in Seattle about a gay scoutmaster who was kicked out of the organization. Um, and we immediately got in touch with him and started filming him for that project. So that film kind of ballooned into something that was so much bigger than what we had originally intended and that had so much more breadth to it and we finished it and i was like guys i think if we put this out and we do it right it can get a bunch of eyeballs and it can make a difference and i don't think anybody really believed me and i don't know if i believed me and we finished the film we really poured our hearts into it and uh we made a press release and we sent it to all these news organizations and we put it out there and at first it <laughs> didn't really get any attra- any traction nobody really cared but uh, suddenly one publication picked up, picked it up and it went in like a week from 2000 views to 200,000 views on YouTube. And we were hearing that it was being shown to scouting troops. And we were hearing that different advocacy, advocacy organizations were using the film. And, uh, that was the moment where it really hit me that I can make films and they can maybe make a difference in the world. You know, a year after we put out that film, um, the Boy Scouts changed the policy and allowed gay scout uh, uh, leaders to participate in the program. It was as we were making the film, they allowed gay scouts to be in the program. And it was about a year later when gay scout leaders could be. And it was just that thought that if, if that film was even a 0.00001% part of that change, that was something that was really meaningful to me and meaningful to the world. And I would say that's when my love of filmmaking really solidified and really became, this is what I need to do as a career. This is, this is my passion. This is what I'm going to do. You know, it's fascinating to hear about that film. I, 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 so many things I like about what you just shared, uh, the little piece of wood and that becoming a camera (laughs) and, and you saying like, it wasn't one particular film that you saw. Mm -hmm. And I think what I hear is you just saw the world and you had to Mm. capture it. And, and I love that. And then this journey that you went on with the film Clipped Wings, which we will definitely mm-hmm. have a link to in our description. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's that's my dream, Leo. My dream with All American is to be able to show the world that a high school filmmaker can make a mm-hmm. documentary that gets 200,000 plus views on YouTube. Like, if mm-hmm. that can happen anything is possible for young filmmakers. And, and I'm so yeah. glad that you shared that particular story. Um, and it's a terrific film. And you're so lucky that that Scoutmaster just sort of appeared on your radar and then you had the instinct mm-hmm. to go after it because it's that depth of story that really makes the film stand out beyond the topic itself, which was incredibly timely. And I'll never forget mm-hmm. when that film came into us and, and watching it and, and just being like, I 
don't believe that this is really being produced by a high school filmmaker. <laughs> and, and obviously you came from a good program and, and you're very lucky for that. And it's, it's obvious that you're grateful, but um, oh, just, just a fascinating glimpse into sort of how you got to where you are now and all these little steps along the way. What Thank I want to know is how has your process changed from being mm. that young man making that film to how you work on films now. Can you tell me a little bit about what your process is? Um, maybe it, maybe the first question should be, how do you choose your stories? Mm, yeah, that's a great question. Um, and uh, choosing stories is so interesting for documentary. And there's no great answer to it. Um, there's no like, look at this website and they have great stories for, for films or, you know, read this book and that's your inspiration. For documentaries, um, when I know I want to make a documentary, I normally think about what kind of story I want to tell. And then I just scour hundreds and hundreds, maybe even more than a thousand news articles looking for that story. And I stay open to the world and I talk to my friends about who they know and what's going on and what's interesting to them. And um, I think for documentaries, something that's really important to me is to make films about people and not issues and you can make films about issues by telling people stories and stories that intersect with those issues but it's always going to connect more with an audience if the film first and foremost is about someone's journey and their story so uh with documentary that is how i approach it with narrative i would say it's a really personal process a lot of the times i think about What's going on in my life? Like, what am I struggling with? What am I um, dreaming about right now? What am I, what's the conflict in my life? What am I scared of? What am I excited for? And I try and channel that into the ideas of what I want to be making films about. Um, but everything I make is really personal to me. Even when I make a documentary, um, it's someone else's story. But the reason I'm telling that story is because... I have a personal connection to it and because I have a way to interpret it through my lens and because I'm able to channel it in that way. So um, that's how I find stories. I would say my process for making films in some ways is completely different than in high school and in some ways uh, hasn't changed at all. So like back when I was in high school, I, I kind of had this idea that, okay, I'm an amateur filmmaker right now and one day a switch will flip and i'll have learned enough that i'll have become a professional filmmaker and a big step in my evolution as an artist was learning that that day will never come the journey from a quote-unquote like amateur filmmaker which you know i mean a filmmaker is a filmmaker no one's an amateur filmmaker but the journey from seeing myself that way to becoming more professional as a filmmaker um, is not one day you wake up and you're there. It's learning hundreds or thousands of little skills and little tricks and little things about stories and little ways of working with people and ways of, of being on set and of shooting and slowly building up that knowledge. And it's a struggle always. And so I, I, when I was working at that production company after high school, I discovered that, oh my God, like, these directors whose work I just have such an admiration for, whose work is just like 
mind-boggling. I don't even understand how they do all this stuff. Like they struggle with some of the same things that I struggle with. They'll be in an edit and they'll be stuck the same way that I was stuck, or they'll be grappling with the story problem the same way I was grappling with the story problem. Um, and it was about that tool set that they had developed with just putting in those reps as filmmakers that they made that work be such a high level. So seeing that really made me realize like it's not one time, it's not one moment where you'll become a great filmmaker. It's all these little things. So to relate that to the question, I would say my process as a filmmaker is just learning. It's just learning and being really conscious and developing all these little skills and 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 tool sets. So there's not a radically different way that I approach filmmaking um, now than when I was in high school. It's still about telling a great story. It's still about you know capturing compelling characters. It's still about all those things, but there's a million little things that I've been kind of learning over the years that have led me to doing it um, a little differently and hopefully doing it at a, at a higher level and doing it um, in a more polished way. And certainly the equipment has gotten bigger and more expensive and the crews sometimes have gotten bigger and the, the amount of people involved has gotten bigger, but um, really it's the same fundamental storytelling skills that I learned from the, you know, Ballard film program. Um, it's those same skills that I apply to all the projects I do. So um, I would say that's that's still the process that I take on. It's it's terrific insight yet again. Um, and my, my head is, <laughs> is kind of reeling. Um, you're making me like recall uh, memories that I've had that that sort of reflect that same philosophy of you're you're always the same person. It's just that the experiences mm-hmm. build. And so you have more to draw from, um, but you know, you're really not mm-hmm. going to change that much, uh, you know, from when you're in high school to now, um, as a person, it's, it's just that you, you're broader and I, it sounds like you're really mm-hmm. tapping into all of that breadth of experience. Um, when you came through high school and, and you were submitting films to all, the all American yeah. high school film festival and, and getting selected. And I know that you attended, um, which I, I had the pleasure to meet you in person. I'm very grateful for that. Um, what was that experience like for you? What did that mean to you at that age? And how has that sort of contributed mm. to where you are and still being involved in this industry? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Um, those film festivals that nurtured me and encouraged me as a high school filmmaker, I think are are vital to where I am now. I mean, your festival is incredible. Uh, the National Film Festival for Talented Youth another incredible festival, Singing Youth, um, and a, a bunch of others were all these places that said, hey, you know, your work isn't a little, you know, little, you know, a high schooler doing work. It's not a home movie. It's not whatever. Like, you're a filmmaker and we want to exhibit your work in a, in a movie theater and share it with people and uh, present awards and give it an audience. And I think that alone is a a huge, huge deal for young filmmakers uh, because it's that encouragement. Filmmaking can be lonely. Filmmaking can be isolating. Filmmaking can be scary and you doubt yourself and you fail. And you, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a hard passion to follow, but it's so worth it um, in those moments that pay off uh, at a festival like yours. So that's one part of it. And another part of it is the way that it connects you 
with your peers. I mean, going to the All American High School Film Festival, I got to meet so many other young filmmakers and people who I'm still in touch with uh, today, and people who I'm friends with. And um, it's so important to draw people from all around the country and connect them because I was lucky enough to grow up in Seattle, where there there was like a shocking amount of young people doing films, right? But what about the kid from like a small town uh, in middle America or from, you know, somewhere where there's not like a dense filmmaking community like that? It's a lot harder. And these festivals for young people are an incredible, incredible way to bring uh, all those people together. So I think what it's really about is it's about encouragement, about validation. Um, and I think most importantly, it's about connecting you with your peers. Well, I'm certainly happy that we could be a part of that journey for you. Um, I have one final question for you. And uh -huh. this is, you know, you're talking to your younger self, you're, mm. you're in middle school or high school, even that <coughs> kid running around with the block pretending it's a camera. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know that this is for you. This is your passion. This is what you want to do. This is how you want to earn a living. You, you want to share stories with people on a screen. What advice do you have based on what you know now for that younger version of yourself? Mm, yeah, that's a great question. No pressure. I would say the, the <laughs> I would say I would say the most important thing is um, I would tell myself learn those storytelling skills because that's what matters. You know. Anybody can go on YouTube and figure out how to use a camera. Anyone can learn how to use editing software. Anyone can do whatever. Um, and I have total respect for the people who are like technicians in this industry. But as a, as a, uh, for what I want to do, the skill that's central to that is storytelling and showing the audience characters going through a journey and that being moving. And, you know, when I get hired for freelance work, those are the skills that I get hired based on. And that's what they see my, that's what they see in my work that I get hired based on. So I would say just develop yourself as a storyteller, as a visual storyteller, as somebody who knows how to craft a journey and take the audience on a journey. Um, that's what's important. That's what's central to your career. The other stuff will come, right? The cameras, the editing, all that stuff you can learn as you go, you can figure it out, but read books, take classes, find a great program, um, learn those central storytelling skills. Cause that's, what's really, really important. Um, and I would say open yourself up to the world beyond filmmaking. Um, you know, it's really important to be passionate about filmmaking and know what to do there, but it's equally important to have other interests because you need things to make films about. Um, you need things to draw from. You need to be inspired by the world. You you need to you know know what your movie's about thematically because it can't just be about filmmaking. So I think that's that's a really important part of it too. And uh, I, I would say also just have fun along the way. Um, there's no one right way to do this. This is a really weird industry where nobody can say, well, you do this, 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 and this, and that's how you get a job. You know, my path. Um, maybe I've presented it here as very smooth because we've talked about the highlights, but there's been heartbreak and failure and disappointment and, you know, uh, in left turns and unexpected things. And it's, it's a winding path to 
get to where you want to be. Um, and the only way to be able to stay true to that path is just to be able to enjoy it as you go. You have to love it. You have to seek enjoyment just from making films, not from the validation of it, not from what other people say about it, but just find that love of filmmaking because you love filmmaking. Um, and that's what will get you through um, that winding path. So I would say that's, that's what I would say to myself as a young filmmaker. Well, I couldn't agree more. I think it's terrific advice. Thanks so much for joining us, everyone. And thank you, Leo, for an insightful glimpse into your experiences and motivations as a storyteller. I encourage all of you to check out Leo's work. Links are in the description. And remind you that this is just one of many in-depth conversations with the future of film. Go to hsfilmfest.com for more information on the All-American High School Film Festival, and please subscribe and share across all platforms to support our important community of artists like Leo. We hope to see you next time.